It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Inside Sources. Welcome back to Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. Great to be with you today. I am Boyd Matheson, and it's been interesting to observe over the past year, even in the midst of the pandemic, that uh, giving in America actually went up in the year 2020, not down. Uh, and we're going to explore why that is and uh, how that plays into a, a host of things, where this idea of civil society steps in between government and individual and the role that it plays. And in order to, to do that properly, uh, we had to go to the, the right inside source. Uh, Mike Conley is the founder of Inkling Communications. He's been writing for corporate and political leaders for more than two decades. He's done he's done it all, everything from Silicon Valley to Capitol Hill, presidential candidates, senior executives, uh, senators, and uh, a big role in the Senate's Joint Economic Committee focusing on social capital. And he joins us live on the line today from Virginia. Uh, Michael, thanks for joining us. Thanks. Uh, thanks, boys. Great to be here. All right. So as, as you look at this, first, was this a, a surprising number to you? $471 billion to charity in uh, 2020, uh, even in the midst no. of the pandemic? No, no, it's, it's not surprising. It's, um, you know, uh, <laughs> anybody who, who, who is still surprised by the, the, the pluck and, and generosity of the American people um, has not been paying attention. And, and uh, uh, I, I was fortunate uh, working with, uh, with with our researchers there uh, in the Senate on the on the Social Capital Project. Um, just a great team of uh, Scott Winship, Vanessa um, uh, Brown Calder, and and it was a um, it was a it was a great team. They did a lot of research, and what they found was what, frankly, most Americans understand and know is that we are uh, it's a very generous people, um, very heavily engaged um, in their in their communities. Um, especially in certain parts of the country, like your part of the country in particular, Boyd. Um, and, um, no, I, I was not surprised at all. And I think it's, it's really um, important to understand that it's not just a question of, of, of this giving rising during COVID, but during a recession, right? Last year, yeah. the economy was in the tank, and people still opened up um, their wallets, opened up their hearts, uh, because they knew that there were people who were going to be worse off than them. Um, and it just it just speaks to to the uh, resilient moral courage of of the American people that has been our nation's defining trait uh, since 1776. Yeah, and I think that's so true. And for all of the uh, the love to to bash the American people for all our faults and failings, and we have plenty of those. We we won't go into those today. Uh, but despite all of that, I don't know if there's a nation anywhere that is more compassionate, that is more willing to uh, engage. We were talking earlier today about uh, just this idea of the barn raising. And, uh, yep. and just the willingness of the American people to step into that. Uh, and so as you looked at that, and you've looked at this so closely in, in terms of that space, that civil society space, uh, it was also interesting in this report today uh, that it showed that most of the increase in giving was, was not from big organizations or big business or big philanthropic organizations. It, it was still individuals that did the, the vast majority of the giving, both of dollars but also uh, of service. Yeah, it's 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 
that's, that's how it always is in the United States. Obviously, we have um, a, a handful of very large philanthropic organizations. There, are, you know, we we have a good number of billionaires who give a lot of money. Um, but in in civil society, as with our economy, what really sets the United States apart is is the is the resources and the commitment of of people who aren't rich, <laughs> of of everybody else, of the you know the so-called 99 percent. Um, who can uh, really move mountains when they uh, when they want to, and they do. It's it's really just a. It's always a miracle to to, to watch when people are are, are hurting in the United States. Um, their neighbors step up um, around the world. Um, you don't always see these kinds of numbers. Uh, and the United States, like you, like you said, the United States takes a you know gets a bad rap sometimes because. Our welfare spending, our social welfare spending, is lower than it is in other parts of the of the world. But part of the reason is that is that because our citizens take it upon themselves to lead out and make sure that there are aren't as many people who need as much to um, to, to really fit those, fill those needs before the government has to get involved. Yeah, and I I, uh, I want to dig in for just a minute on this whole idea of of the the neighbor helping neighbor in need. That it's not about uh, bigger government, but it's about you know stronger communities and and more mm-hmm. heroic individuals uh, helping out. And and interestingly, in all of these numbers, the the volunteer hours aren't even tabulated into any of this. And and so my question, Mike, is are are we are we in danger of losing any of that as as we do give into a lot of these larger social programs? Are we at risk of having that uh, generosity muscle atrophy a little bit uh, moving forward? Sure. It, it's always um, a, a, a balancing act that, that the United States has to, um, has, to, has to try to weigh in that you know, everything that we ask the government to do is something that we don't have to do, that we the people don't have to do. And, and you see this a lot, especially in, in Europe, where charitable giving is much lower than it is uh, in the United States, because there's this intuitive understanding that charity, generosity, taking care of people, that's the government's job. That's not my responsibility. I pay taxes, and that's what is supposed to take care of those people. Um, you know, Senator Bernie Sanders, um, who, who, who has his own perspective on things from, from Vermont, um, but he you know, famously said he doesn't really believe in, in private charities. In his idea, in, in, in the sort of socialist, social democratic mindset, the idea is that there shouldn't be personal charity because the government should make sure that there are no personal needs anywhere. Um, but I, I, I think the, the history of the United States and, um, and I think, frankly, history of, <laughs> of human nature in the last several thousand years demonstrates that it's good for us to take care of each other, not just to send a check off somewhere uh, and then call it good, but to actually be roll up our sleeves and be personally invested in the lives of our, of our neighbors uh, and, and communities. Yeah, uh, you've seen this up close. Uh, politicians are always good at running to the front of the parade. Uh, if if ever there is a, a solution uh, that they can say they they helped enact, uh, they sure. tend to to run to that. Uh, and I I share your concern that if suddenly our response is not how do I help my neighbor, but you know ask my neighbor if they you know called this government hotline or checked out this particular program or this grant right. or whatever. Uh, that uh, I'm more worried about that. Uh, then I think I am the politi- The politicians, I think, will take care of themselves in the end. Um, they always do, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and they always can. I think because the uh, because the American people are the ones who continue to do the hard work and, and actual heavy lifting on this. It's 
the most important work. I mean, I mean, what's think about your own life. What's more important, a a, a uh, an anonymous giant bureaucratic education system, or is it one teacher or one coach who really was made the difference? Um, that's not a, a slight against systems. We need government. The government has to have these programs that does these things, but we can't lose sight of the fact that what really matters in life is is people uh, connecting with other people, that that's the real value. We're, we're a capitalist uh, nation, but we're also a social capitalist nation. This, this idea of social capital um, developed by Robert Putnam at Harvard and other people, which is what the basis, was the basis of, of the work that the uh, Joint Economic Committee has been doing these last few years, is that things that economists don't always measure not wages, not jobs, not taxes, um, not economic growth, productivity, but just the connections that we have, the, the, the relationships that we have, the thickness of our communities, you know, the fact that we recognize, um, you know, the, the common experiences that we have together in community life, going to church, uh, you know, at the park, um, you know, looking out for each other, borrowing sugar from the neighbor. These are things, they, they seem small, but they're not. They're really, really big. They're things that bind us together uh, as, a, as a community. And especially, at, you know, in the United States, we have, we're supposed to have a decentralized form of government. And this makes it all the more important for each individual community, these little platoons, to be able to operate with as much freedom as possible in, as you say, that, that space between the isolated individual and the overpowering government. Like it's, we live our lives in the space between that. It's not a question of every man for himself versus you know, a giant, massive government bureaucracy, but it's, it's, it's the clubs that we belong to. It's the neighborhood pool. It's the little league. It's the church. It's the, the, the social outreach groups. It's Meals on Wheels, Welfare Square. It's all of these things that really make America different and, and make America great. Oh, fantastic. Mike Conley joining us. Uh, he's the founder of Inkling Communications, a great writer, great thinker. I think he understands the uh, heart and soul of American social capitalism uh, better than anybody on the planet. Mike, thanks for joining us today. Of course. Great to be with you. Thank you. All right. We're going to step aside for bottom of the hour news. When we come back, we're going to continue this conversation and look at how do things get paid for. we got a debt ceiling coming up here quick, and James Walner is going to help us break it down coming up next. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to... Give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.